0: you're listening to a life-changing podcast that does a deep dive into what's behind the silence the truth no one wants to talk about featuring two thought-provoking professional coaches who specialize in linguistic patterns of thought feelings and behavior as NLP practitioners certified and life-changing the dynamic duel, Stacy Cutright and Stephanie Demmel Stacey, did you ever play the high-low game? No, I haven't. You know, the
1: only thing that I played that was high-low is uh, at the ranch. when We sat at the table, so I don't even know if this is the high-low game, but we had to identify what was our high for the day and what was our low for the day. So explain to me what high-low is. That's exactly what it is, is the high-low game. Oh, good. Well, I guess, yes, I played it for 48 days. That's great. Uh-huh. Yeah. What was it like? Yeah. You know what? I, I, I've encouraged some individuals that have, uh, you know, younger kiddos and stuff, or even teenagers, you know, to get to know their kids a little bit more or even doing it with their spouses, like, you know, really engaging, being able to engage in conversation, um, and getting to know like what is somebody struggling with you know and it helps us be able to rejoice or find gratitude in um you know things that have been positive in our day because you know I, you hear all the time you know oh how was your day oh it was a day well the whole day wasn't a day you know and so I, for me I, you know what to be honest I really looked you know look forward to it and it was a way that I got to engage with these women and be able to have more dialogue with them however one thing that I did notice at the first when we you know the first day and probably the first week or maybe even longer for some they had a hard time identifying with highs lows man they you know we could rattle those off all day long um and so I
0: think it's a good common practice it is I I encourage people to do it too because one it makes you really start paying attention to what was your well a lot of people only like you said earlier oh it was day they just pay attention to the down parts of the day this game makes you pay attention to all parts of the day and it kind of sheds a little light of maybe where you could you know, do a little work to make those bad parts of the day not so bad. So I love the game. Chris and I used Whoa. to play that when we first got together. We used to play the high-low game. <laughs> I think I used to get a lot of eye rolls at first when we started playing, but because it was like, why are we
1: doing this? But it's fun, right? Yeah, it is. So I'm, I'm excited that I even played it. <laughs> now I learned something new that I
0: actually was playing a game. Yeah, it's great. I encourage our audience to do that, especially around the dinner table. It's so fun. It it will help you get to know your kids, I tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the kids will. So I'm excited. I love it. Yes, yes. So I'm excited about today. You know, how are you feeling this morning?
0: I feel pretty fantastic.
1: Awesome, awesome. I'm still trying to, to manage this cold or whatever, if it's sinuses, um, so if I don't sound like myself, that's um, but I'm giving myself permission to, to rest up and take care of myself. So today, folks and friends, we're going to be on uh, our podcast of what's behind the silence, what nobody wants to talk about. Um, it's going to be on people-pleasing. And I know that this is a big one because whenever we've talked about it, you know, you're almost like, oh, people pleasing. (laughs) So I'll let you start off on your feelings.
0: Oh, I've known a lot of people pleasers along the way. It's really exhausting if you are a true people pleaser that can't manage the people pleasing and keep it under control. And I feel so bad for people that get stuck in this. I guess they convince themselves that people pleasing is, I guess, a thing. I don't know, but it, it's just, it. it you know, people pleasing is okay to an extent. When people pleasing takes you past, past your limits as a person, that's when it's not okay. And I, that's what we're going to talk about today is when people pleasing isn't okay.
1: You know, I, I want to kind of... Uh, share a little experience that I had yesterday with my husband and I was reading him the the definition okay and you know I just said a people pleaser is typically someone that everyone considers to be helpful and kind and when you you know helping them out when they have projects or maybe studying for an exam or you know what have you and you know Um, that that person is more than willing to always step up, okay, and help. And um, so my husband's comment was, well, I don't think people pleasing is bad. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't think that helping others and being kind is bad. And, you know, which, you know, my, my thing, you know, my response back is no, it, it's very, healthy to be kind and compassionate and loving and stepping up to serve others however when it turns into an unhealthy dynamic for ourselves is when we start feeling that uh feeling of resentment losing ourselves you know saying no I don't want to do this but telling the person yep I'll be there Mm -hmm. you know those are some signs. you know, we need to look at and say, hmm, you know, are we living, you know, and uh, listening to our self needs? You know, another thing is, is that, you know, are we afraid to disappoint someone? Or are we thinking that someone's going to be mad if we say no? Or that's not going to work for me right now. And putting ourselves in positions that we're overextending ourselves. And so, you know, I think my, my hubby had the misconception of what I was saying, and I almost think he was thinking, um, you know, and again, I'm, I'm assuming, but, um, you know, that I was, I was calling him a people pleaser, or, you know, I was, um, you know, maybe putting him down some way, which was, was not, it was just me basically having, uh, Uh, conversation with him to open up some dialogue and, you know, kind of share what, what my day was going to be like on, on Wednesday and what our topic was, you know, because I know that you also invite, um, you know, Carissa into, you know, the podcast of sharing, you know, like what we're doing or, or different topics. I do. She
0: actually listens to our podcast. So, she she has an hour drive to work and from, so she's been listening to our podcast and she really enjoys them. You know, there's a couple of things you said in there. You know, a people pleaser, they, they do feel obligated that, you know, to say yes. And, you know, they don't want to. So when they say they don't want to, I mean, when they don't want to, but they say yes, that creates that inner frustration. So a people pleaser is someone that's creating their own frustration within them because they're living for someone else rather than living for themselves. And they almost live for to be free of disappointing others. I really, I, I see that with people pleasers and you can almost see it in their eyes. I used to work with a lot of people pleasers when I worked at Fed, FedEx. And you can see it in their eyes when they're saying yes, but you know there's a no behind, behind those eyes, right? So it, it really causes this inner, inner, I guess, inner turmoil, this inner frustration that, you know, you can't just say no, or, you know, you get this resentment from always trying to please other people because you don't want to disappoint. You said it. You said something the other day, Stacey. You said it was when you were telling your story. You said, "Oh, you you had to go make a phone call." And you said that was me. I don't want to disappoint. Don't want to disappoint people. I'm an overachiever. You know, people pleasers um, can get in that routine of always having to feel like they can't let somebody down, which causes those feelings of resentment or that low self esteem or You know, they're actually having emotional labor. Like all that work is so exhausting to keep somebody happy. So, yeah, it can be exhausting. You know, some things that I was thinking about,
1: you know, because I will tell you, I, you know, recognize that I was a huge people pleaser. I'm going to be a a myth. And you know, one thing I get, I kind of chuckle at myself about is, you know, just the apologizing for things that weren't even my fault. You know, just you know, to make others, you know, it, it taking it, it off of you know, and owning the other person's situation. Um, you know, taking that blame on myself. And you know, another thing that I was thinking about is. You know, people please just often make excuses of why they can't do something. Hmm. Okay, so, oh my gosh, I have plans and, you know, I would love to do that. However, because they're just afraid to commit to say no from the start, you know, because they don't want somebody to be mad at them or, you know, feel that they're, you know, or blaming them okay you don't care about me you never help out even though you do you know guys that's a form of gaslighting too and you know what happens is when we don't follow through and stand up for ourselves is when we really have that regret and then we start beating ourselves up of saying you know why do I keep doing this why do I keep on doing this why do I put myself out there or more importantly, you know, those that take advantage of people pleasing and the generosity and help that we offer, you know, because let me tell you, the only person set that you set boundaries are the boundary breakers. And um, so, you know, it, it's important for us to realize when we start transitioning away from people pleasing and taking care of ourselves and living between you know in in our needs wants and desires and listening to ourselves you know be prepared for a little bit of conflict in those relationships because they're not used to that they're used to the feeling that you know if they want something you're going to deliver and so when you start you know saying hey that's not going to work for me you know unfortunately I'm not able to do that you know they're going to be like what the heck you've always done that you know
0: what's your thoughts well, I was just thinking that isn't it funny that you know someone and, and some of those things you described I was like wow was that me <laughs> like always trying to you know take blame for something um you know but It's funny, you know, and and this just goes for in a a lot of instances. However, a true people pleaser, one that doesn't have it under control, it's interesting how they don't want to let anybody else down, but they're easy to let themselves down, which really plays on that self-worth. So I I think that's really important. And it's hard to find out who you are if you're always focused elsewhere. And you and I both know as coaches, growth starts from within. And when your focus is always pointing somewhere else, it's hard to focus on yourself to grow and really to become that person you want to be proud of. And that will get you that life that will open up and create positive outcomes.
1: What do you think? Oh, gosh, you know, Something's running through my head rampant right now, or a few things in that, you know, it's also, you know, having your self-worth depend on how others see you, you know, people pleasing, pleasers often need validation from others to feel good about themselves. You know, the, the other thing is, is if you identify, like you start changing who you are insert with certain people or in groups, you know, and you're not really identifying, you know, you're, you're trying to mirror them, you know, to feel like you fit in, you know, these are some, you know, and that's going to bring internal conflict with yourself. Um, And so, you know, I, I, uh, you know, another thing that kind of behavior does is we end up meshing with the wrong people the people that are going to drain us and not fuel us and you know it leads to us uh not being able to establish good support systems for ourselves and where they're reciprocal you know um I had, I had created, you know, because I had said to my husband, you know, I feel so alone. This is about maybe a year and a half ago. And I'm like, I got to find my tribe. And, uh, you know, so I created a trauma support group for, uh, for women. You know, and it, it's a tight-knit little community. And, you know, it's really a tribe and it's reciprocal. You know, people flow in and out. Um, you know, sometimes they're real active, but, it, you know, it's an, a way to be able to be offered, you know, that compassion, that empathy, that understanding, someone saying, you know what, I'm sorry that's happened. Or I'm sorry you're struggling, or, you know what, offering some, some encouragement, or how they meet it through different challenges. And uh, you know, I encourage you. You know, find your tribe, because I'm going to tell you, none of these are family. You know, Steph, you and I talk about blood. You know, people thinking that blood is family. You know, well, I've changed that whole, thing, you know, definition. You know, I think of it family of origin. However, I think of my family kind of like you and Carissa. People that fuel me, support me, love me unconditionally, accept me for who I am, who we can, as mature adults, agree to disagree on topics and still respect and love each other, we walk away. And, you know, so I encourage you to look at, you know, your current relationships. Are they fueling you? Or are they draining you?
0: You know, one of the things that popped into my my head was, you know, I've lived with someone that, I, I, she'll probably be mad at me. Carissa was a little bit of a people pleaser when we first met. And, and sometimes people pleasers are also perfectionists. And that works really against each other. Uh, because what happens is that you pour all this energy into somebody else. And this is, I'm going to talk a little bit here about where this frustration, this inner turmoil, this inner frustration comes from, this inner disappointment. So if you're constantly as a people pleaser, you're focused on other people, trying not to disappoint them, trying not to upset them, you're going above and beyond, you're uh, making sure that you're saying yes, when they need help, you're uh, making sure that you're showing up or you're responding immediately to text messages, or you're, you know, you're, you're being sure to be on time, or you're being sure to um, show up whenever, you know, is happening. Well, where the true disappointment comes in for a people pleaser is when those things aren't reciprocated. That's the toughest part, I feel, from watching people pleasers in the workplace and at home is, I feel the biggest disappointment and struggles for someone that is deeply involved and rooted in people-pleasing is that the feelings aren't reciprocated. The actions aren't reciprocated. And so that upon, you know, having that external focus, then you're not getting things reciprocated to you how you would like people to treat you, which causes more Resentment, more disappointment, more issues with how you feel about yourself, because it makes you feel like you're not worthy because you're putting out all this effort, but you're not getting any effort in between. In the back end, I've got a client who feels just that, that she puts out all this energy to other people, but she's never noticed, she's never recognized for her efforts. She's not appreciated she just feels like she's dismissed, right? And I think that's a big word. I I could talk about people dismissing each other. And maybe that's a topic we'll do, Stacey, is leadership and dismissing people because I've seen that so much. But that is just such a, I think that's just a back end of people pleasing that we don't talk about enough about the letdown from, for that people pleaser. Have you ever seen that or felt that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't realize, to be honest, what a people pleaser I was. You know, and and that's the hard thing. That's the dangerous part when we don't have the recognition or the awareness of, you know, hey, this is a problem because we're heard, you know, gratitude and, and, uh, you know, even a sense of self-care is by serving others. You know, however, you know, they're also, it's not an all or nothing thing. It, it, it really isn't, you know, it's, it's called like you and I talk about a lot, you know, think of it as a wheel and it being in balance, you know, is your car driving down the road because your wheels are and tires are out of balance, you know, and and as individuals, you know, I look at it as are we in balance with our mind, body, soul, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, relationally with others and ourselves. You know, if we if we really take time to, to you know deep into that and really ad- identify you know, like on a, on a scale to zero to five, where am I in, in those areas? And it, you know, if you are say a three and all, you know, then you're pretty balanced. But if you're a zero and one and a four and another and a two and another and a five and another, you know, it, that's a good indication that, you know what, maybe I need to hone in and, and see where I need to add some, some value or, let up on some, some other um, areas. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to touch on, you know, because we, we were, um, you know, like, on the disadvantages that people pleasing brings to us, you know, it, it offers us a, a ability to not have the self care for ourselves, you know, and meeting our needs, because we're always meeting the needs of others. You know, and we find ourselves getting sick, you know, mentally burned out, Um, you know, just from the pressures of feeling like we're trying to please everybody. We build up, remember, we talked about resentment. That's a huge one. You know, we find that we are bottling up our anger. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, it leads to sometimes being passive aggressive comments to others. And, you know, when we're bottling up that anger, you know, sometimes we get triggered on something and we, we blow on somebody that really didn't deserve it. You know, and oftentimes those are, are, are people that we feel safe with, you know, um, you know, we start pulling away from people, you know, because we don't want to, to have to say no. And, you know, there's not the joy that we find in life or with ourselves. And, you know, we have a a hard time being able to commit to ourselves and different things that, you know, we would like to do. You know, it it also brings up the, you know, feeling of low self-esteem, you know, the inability to make independent decisions, you know, always asking if you are asking opinions of others all the time, what should I do? What do you think? You know? these are some red flags that hmm maybe i should just you know look at some of these these things you know um you know and we talked about you know fear of rejection or disappointing others you know these are little ones that you know i just want to you know offer as a little poke in, in your side of you know being able to identify hmm you know i see that that's a chronic problem with me and, you know, maybe I need to dive into that a little bit and explore it, um, you know, because you can offer yourself a really big gift and also better relationships for others or with others, I, sh- I shall say.
0: Yeah I, think, yeah, I think, you know, everything that you said is so important. And, and again, for our audience, people, our world could use a little more people-pleasing actually. However, we're talking about the extremes of people-pleasing and how it causes you to lose yourself. Because when you lose yourself, that people-pleasing, as you said, Stacy, it's not fun. It's just become something you do because you're starving to prove your self-worth. And, and possibly maybe by doing so many acts of service Maybe that's trying to gain your self worth. However, if, if if you're constantly trying to please someone else so that they are taken care of, and you're constantly being left with these feelings of insecurities or um, low low self esteem or that you're not worthy, then it's time to look at the people pleasing and see how it's helpful or hurtful, like anything. And, you know, because it's going to cause you a lot of stress. It's going to cause you a lot of, you know, depleted willpower because you're going to use so much energy on everybody else that you're not going to save enough energy for yourself to have that willpower to change the things that you want to change to make your life better. And you'll lose yourself your authenticity is going to escape you because your focus is going to be elsewhere. And I think you mentioned relationships, Stacey, you know, it it does cause problems within building relationships because you're putting yourself out there beyond your boundaries. And if you're putting yourself out there beyond your boundaries, that means you might be stretching past that safety mark or maybe past your values, maybe past your beliefs, and that's going to cause you some inner friction. So, it's, Absolutely. yeah, it's important yeah. to have tools to, to work with when you're, you know, stuck in this people-pleasing realm.
1: I love that you talk about tools, and if I can segue into, to you know, some some ways that are tools that we can we can use to you know get us out of that stuckness of people pleasing you yes. know giving ourselves permission and realizing realizing that we have choices and that we may feel that this is just an automatic behavior that we have and you know another one is identifying what are our priorities you know you had just said setting boundaries you know, I remember my brother saying to me, you know, I said, I really have a hard time setting boundaries. And he said, No, 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 Stacy, you're a great boundary setter. And I was like, feeling empowered. And then his next statement was, you just don't know how to keep them. Oh. So, you know, I, I, yes, could I set a boundary, but I didn't keep them. So really, I was not a good boundary setter. Okay, because setting boundaries also comes with doing what you say you're going to do okay what that boundary is you know setting time limits you know doing something for someone but setting a time you know I have available between one and two today you know and that's it and when two o'clock comes and they might say oh well you know I just need a little bit extra help you know what I, I would love to However, you know what? I, I really can't. I only blocked out till two o'clock. Um, and another one is to, to look at and consider, are you being manipulated by somebody else? I know that that is a, a, a scary one to look at or one that we think, no, someone that cares about us wouldn't manipulate us and into doing what they need or want. And, you know, we've talked about mantras before. Mantras are really powerful. Um, And say no with conviction. No, Stephanie, I'm not able to do that today. However, Wednesday would work out okay. Okay, so, you know, setting those boundaries, it's not that I can't help out Stephanie and that that's acting like a people pleaser, My time. So I'm not, you know, depleting when I'm not available physically, emotionally, mentally. And, you know, ask for time from others. Ask others to help you. You know, one thing I identify with people pleasing is the people pleaser doesn't often ask for help. Mm -hmm. They take the burden all on themselves. And, you know, when we start putting those tools into place, um, and start putting those boundaries up and limits. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, folks, you're going to experience some conflict with those co- close relationships and the people that you've been naturally people pleasing with. And the reason for being ancient behavior isn't what they're used to. Because the reality is, Most people pleasers have been this way their entire life. So those individuals don't know any different. And so, you know, just to be patient with yourselves, you know, and if you're met with resistance, not saying, oh, shoot, I need to go back. You know, because I will tell you, people pleasers don't like conflict. And conflict is a part of healthy living. Any last thoughts that you have?
0: I like what you said there, the very last. It is, conflict is a part of healthy living. Um, Just three things. uh, You had a lot of great points there. I think that the three that I will add is you know, you talked about time limits. I'm going to say, you know, defer your answer. Instead of saying yes right away, defer it, check out your schedule. Check out with your family because a lot of times when you're a people pleaser, it also causes friction with your family because you're signing up for things that is interfering with your family. So defer, you know, say, hey, you know what? I got to look at my calendar. Let me get back to you on that. Rather than jumping in, weigh out the options. Is this going to bring me value? Is this going to really put me in a hole? What's this going to do if I say yes to this situation? And the other thing is, look at the street signs. Is it a one-way street? Is that pleasing always one way and never reciprocated? So I would look at the one-way street sign. And then the last thing I would say is when you make that decision as a people pleaser, just make it and own it and live with it. If you say no, don't feel guilty about it. If you say you don't have time, it doesn't fit within your calendar, own that decision and don't feel bad about it. Don't hash out your answer in your head over and over. Own it and move on from it. I think those are three points that I I think can help someone, especially when they're, they are so quick to say yes. So I think those things will help Somebody slow down a little bit and buy them some time.
1: You know, I, I had to laugh when you said, you know, have, say no with conviction, you know, because often I find that I, what I used to do is not, I, I couldn't do it with conviction. Instead, I would over explain and try to rationalize with others of why I had to make that decision. And no is a complete sentence. The word no; it, it doesn't have to be followed. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be followed up with a why. Why I, I can't do it. You know, so if you find yourself, you know, always explaining yourself of why you're doing this, looking for someone to understand, because you know, what the reality is not everybody understands us, and you know, our our needs and wants are different from others. And the other thing is, is that, you know, people pleasers often um, respond impulsively. And so I love that, taking a time out and saying, you know what, I really need to check my schedule. I really need to check in with, with you know, my spouse or significant other, or just even with ourselves, okay? And, you know, there is so much power in the practice of doing pros and cons, you know, sit down. Okay. If I do this, what is it going to bring me? Like you said, what value is it going to deplete me? You know, the cons are depletion. The pros are fueling. And so that, that's all I've got today.
0: Um, I do do want to say, I'm super excited about our guest that we'll have on Friday. You want to talk about our guest podcast, the next one?
1: I do. I do. You know, I want the three that we have coming up, actually, um, you know, this is going to be a life story of of Rick Smith Jr. and uh, you know had a prominent career and lost it all to addiction. And you know, we like to bring these real life stories. However, you know, he has a he has a really impactful one and has persevered through addiction and has, I believe, nineteen years now. And, you know, so we like to bring on these, you know, yeah, there's stories of, of that, that great things in life. Okay. However, also to offer some hope, if you're stuck in that, of being able to show you examples of people that have been able to move through, you know, that you can reach out and ask for support, ask for help. Like I said, there's no shame in the game of asking for help. And so, you know, I, I'm real excited for you to meet him. I know him personally. Uh, so I'd asked him to be on it because, you know, uh, it, we have a growing rate of addiction right now. We have a growing rate of overdose deaths and on people that you would never expect. And it's really hurting individuals. It really, you know, I had just heard on the news um, and I didn't even know that this was possible. There was, I believe it was six college students that went on spring break and, um, you know, they got, I don't know if they, they knew that they were doing fentanyl or if they got Uh, some, some drugs that were laced with it. And I think that that was the case. And, and, you know, I know of three situations just in this last year of individuals that got cocaine laced with fentanyl and ended up dying. And I did not know that two individuals that were trying to resuscitate these individuals with, from the, with the fentanyl who did not do the fentanyl, Ended up having to overdose from the cross cross contamination, and uh, you know, folks, there are some really serious side effects of some drugs that are out there right now, and it is alarming, and we need to pay attention. And this is why Steph and I often talk about distress, you know, increasing their distress tolerance skills and coping skills. Because individuals that have a lack of self, a lack of coping skills, a lack of distress tolerance skills, a lack of being able to identify who they are and the self-confidence and the self-worth and not healing inner child wounds or our trauma, that's where it's leading to, you know, wow. that, that, that instant fuel, that instant escape. You know, like I always talked about, you know, no, mine wasn't a drug addiction. I had, I had other issues and, you know, I would say I'm not addicted. You know, I, I'm addicted to, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm addicted to escape my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. So, you know, easily I could probably have turned to substance if it just, you know, sparked my fancy because I was addicted to escape, and so you know, I'm ex- really excited. I can't wait for for um, for you to meet. You know, uh, Ricky. I know that you're going to absolutely fall in love with him. Um, you know, and and we're also going to be doing uh, recent. You know, in our in our next week's uh, podcast is finding self-compassion and how do we do it? And the other one is a huge issue right now. And and instead of calling it. Failure to launch, because we don't failure. We want to bring to attention the fear that some of our older kiddos have to launch, to leave the nest. And it's not just our kiddos. I'm going to tell you. It's the parents, the fear of letting them go. You know, then what? So, you know, that's what I have. Any, any thoughts before you leave? Just do better, be better, and treat people better. And smile and be kind, not to, only to your uh, others, but to yourself. See you next week. See ya.